Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today live on YouTube for episode 198. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And we are officially 13 days away from opening night of the 2021 NFL season. Thursday night football, the Dallas Cowboys come to town and the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will play them in Raymond James Stadium. We've got one more preseason game in front of us, and uh, while the Bucs haven't given us a whole lot to be excited over these first two preseason games, we will see the starters. We'll talk about that plenty. There's a couple of guys who still need to have a good day we'll cover who that is and uh maybe some overall expectations for this team looking into the second half as we know the starters are going to be taken up mainly the first but welcome back to the show let me let me reel this thing in uh evan how are you doing my friend i'm doing pretty good and uh i'm just yeah you know wasn't really that excited for the the saturday preseason game versus the titans but like this one like you can kind of get a little bit more excited just because you know the starters like you're actually going to see the starters and be able to to tell like the you know the not saying that the the people that played in the titans game don't matter but like you know if the bugs come out and struggle in this game it'll be much more concerning right like, i did i did not care about that Titans game i didn't care like I, I don't care about the performance because if most of those guys are on the field at the same time, that means something went terribly wrong anyway. So. Well, and for your people who love to be overly critical, I think this is the perfect game for it because you have such a big sample size from the starters, right? What did we say last week? This is the closest you're going to get to this 2021 team in the regular season. So we're kind of pumped up to see where they're at, right? Expectations are at a certain level for these guys, especially now because you know, the entire six snaps that the offense took in the first game. If you if you try to look back and take anything away from that, it, it's it, it's almost like you're reaching, right? Like, it just seems like it, it it's not really worth talking about at this point. But yeah, this the, game, there's, there's not there. There's not enough there right now. Right. There's not enough right. there to make any any conclusions on anything. Right. right. But this game is going to show you where these guys are, especially your starters. 
Um, those snicks, uh, those six snaps in the first game was an opportunity to shake off the rust. Now they have had, you know, joint practice since then and heavy days at camp, but this is, this is where it gets real for a lot mm-hmm. of the starters. And, um, you know, let's talk about the expectation here. Bruce Arians has said that these guys are going to play the first half, maybe a little bit of the second half, which to be honest, if this half goes the way that we hope it does, hopefully we do not have to see them on the field in the second uh, because the biggest thing coming into this preseason was staying healthy. Now, aside from staying healthy, what are the expectations for the starters in this game? It, it feels like, you know, based off of the first two games, it no, we know it wasn't the starters, but based off of these first two games, you still kind of have to show the fans something here. Um, I, I think you do, and I, I think you kind of have to show something because you're not going up against the, the Tennessee Titans who are arguably a playoff team. Uh, you're going up against the Houston Texans who are terrible. Could, could, yeah, I mean, they could potentially be uh, one of, if not the worst team in the NFL. So it, it's not like you're going up against some team that is um, a, a juggernaut. It's not like you're, you're playing the Green Bay Packers in the preseason. All their stars are playing. It's different. And right. it's not even like it, it, the Texans are in a category where like they're not even a, you know, a fringe playoff team. Like it seems like everything has to go right for them this year for them to, you know, end up nine and eight. Like nine wins for this Texans team would probably be a miracle if you ask most of their fan base. So the expectations for Houston are incredibly low. And we know that, you know, their defense is awful. So, like, you you really need to show up here. And I think you need people to realize that these guys are more ready than we expect them to be. Um, I think another thing that gets called into question here is, uh, you know, Bruce kind of deciding that this is the game where the starters are going to get most of their play. Uh, do you think it's a smart move? Well, I, if you look around the league, most teams are actually doing this. Um most teams did not play their – it's not just the Bucks. Everybody wants to say, oh, this might not be a smart move on Bruce Arians' part. 90% of the league is, is doing this. Um, obviously not not exactly 90, because there's some teams that won't play their starters a single snap in the preseason. Yeah, but, there are some guys who have um, made clear they're not playing at all. You know, I, I mean, most of those week two games, you didn't see a ton of starters. And uh, now you, you're going you're gonna to see – I seriously think you are going to see starters – um, in, in most games, uh, I think the game, there were no games on last night. We're recording this on Friday. There were no games on last night, which is Thursday. And there's a few games on tonight. I think you're going to see like the Chiefs play tonight. Uh, I think you'll see Patrick Mahomes and the, and the Kansas City offense for quite a bit. So it's not just the Bucks that are doing this. Um, is it smart? I'm not sure because you have you don't have that fourth preseason game so obviously like it's a new yes, cycle but, for everybody but, but you've also got a week and a half until your opener it's not like it's the sure, very next week sure but that's this is normally when the fourth preseason game is anyway right it's it's not like this is when the the third preseason game normally is like if you look at past preseasons like date wise this is when the fourth preseason game would normally be so your starters wouldn't play a single down in the fourth preseason game so they would play in the third preseason game, which is like August 20th or so. And then they would almost have almost a month off. And that was normal. That's how every team did it. Yeah. So what's the difference with this year? Is it because you didn't have a preseason last year? Is it because 
you didn't really have a training camp last year? Is, is it because there seriously is one less game? Is, I don't, is it because there's one more game in the regular season? I'm not really sure. Um, uh, Bucks time 12 in the chat says we need to see some run game. I, you know, I was going to talk about this. I, I don't, I'm not going to expect the Bucks to run the ball very well until they actually do. Um, I, I, I just don't, their, their run scheme is terrible. They're not built to run the ball. I just, I wouldn't expect them to become the, this team. Like that's, that's, that's not how they're built. That's as simple as that. I think a lot of people just want to see where the running backs are at because throughout camp, yeah. it's hard to get a lot of status updates on your running backs unless you're in full pads. Right. And, yeah, which uh, is which is not every day. So. Right. And even when you're in full pads and you're going live, if you're it's 11 tackling. on 11, you're not tackling your teammates. You know, joint practices are a little different, but even then it's not full speed game action. Um, but here is another question. Well, um, well, well, one real quick on a running back. Ronald Jones has played two snaps. Yeah. They did this preseason. So the starters played six. But Ronald Jones only played two of those snaps. So you really haven't seen him. So, yeah, like you said, it will be interesting to see those guys uh, now, but i just i wouldn't expect much from the wrong game I, I just don't i wouldn't expect a lot from your starters but i did see a headline i'll admit that i did not read the article but i saw a headline and the impression is that whoever shows up more in this game could determine your week one starter between leonard fournette and ronald jones now personally kind of like the alex kappa aaron stinney situation i think it is still ronald jones job to lose but do you think this last preseason game has any implications on the starter at running back for uh Thursday night against Dallas? I mean, I think it could, but like, I don't think the Bucks, like the Bucks offense is not a bell cow. Like they're never right. going to have that bell cow running back. So I think it could, but at the end of the day, I don't know if it matters who's listed as the starter. Like I really don't. Yeah. I um, think, I think we can count on like the same rotation we saw in 2020. There's just going to be some games where everybody's like, why are you putting Lenny in now? Or why are you taking Rojo out or putting him in at this time when Lenny was just getting hot? I think, I think we're going to get a very similar rotation unless they figure things out maybe halfway through the season. But um, no, I agree. I don't know if it'll have that much. Um, so um, the the article was posted by Pewter Report. It was a it was a quote from Harold Goodwin, who is the run game coordinator, so he would know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a direct quote from him. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I Ronald Jones is the best running back on this roster. I said it when they signed Leonard Fournette, and everybody was like, "Oh, I guess you know." With last year, not not re-signed when they first signed him last year, and everybody was like, "Oh, well, Leonard Fournette's a starter." I was like, "Well, he's not even the best running back on the team." So. Uh, Ronald Jones is better than him. Ronald Jones has really always been better than Leonard Fournette. So just because Leonard Fournette is on a Jacksonville Jaguars team with nobody else, that's how you pick up your yards and all your numbers. Not saying Leonard Fournette is bad. I'm just saying Ronald, Ronald Jones is better. Um, so we'll see how, how they mix it up. I, I don't know. I, I do think you're going to see something similar to what you saw last year. I don't yeah. think they're going to have a true, um, a true number one. But also, I think it, a lot of it will determine who's who's able to catch the ball better. But that won't be as big of a factor this year because they have Gio Bernard. So I don't know how much you're going to see those guys on third down, but I think that's going to be like almost exclusively Gio Bernard. Uh, I'm maybe, excited. Maybe to like, see, like uh... a like a third and short, you get Leonard Fournette in there. Yeah. Um, but I think on third downs, you would just see Gio in there. And I'm excited to see Gio show up with the ones in this first half on Saturday. I want to see how he's used in this offense. I mean, even if he is just a, you know, dump off out of the backfield kind of back, I want to see what he can do because he looked pretty good at camp. He looks quick and, 
you know, everybody's been saying it since they signed him. He adds another element to this offense. Uh, the Bucks did not have a steady pass catching back last year. We talked more about the drops that were had than the plays that were made when these running backs were getting passes out of the backfield. So if Geo can add something different, even if it's just a first down, right? Even if it's a critical third down, Brady goes through his progress, uh, goes through his progressions, and Bernard is the only guy there. He gets a first down, and it's like a six yard gain. I don't care. That's what he's there for, right? And I think well, that's he's what I like to see. He's already done that. I he mean, has. He did it in the first preseason game. He did it with, yeah, he, uh, yeah. yeah, he did. That was the only first down the starters got in the first preseason yeah. game was a third down pass to Gio Bernard. So I guess what I want to see is what I've already seen, but I'd like to see it in a much bigger capacity. You know what I mean? Right. And, Maybe let um, him get a couple of catches. Yeah, I mean, he's done it with Blaine Gabbard as well. Um, like I said, I think he's going to be like, he's going to be their guy on third down. I I don't think they, they don't trust Ronald Jones catching the ball. And I just don't think I think they know that like Leonard Fournette just not it. Like I, I think I think they like Leonard Fournette's hands more than Ronald Jones's, but I think they just know that like when you have Giovanni Bernard on the team now, there's less of a need for that. Last right. year they really didn't have last year they had Shady McCoy, but like McCoy was kind of a shell of himself. Um, this year, you know, it, it's it's easier because you have that proven option who still has I mean McCoy obviously was a good player, but he was also like kind of over the hill at that point. It was uh, a good Gio, locker Gio room. Bernard, Gio Bernard seems to have more miles um, left, I should say. And uh, he, he should be able to make more of an impact. So when you have that type of guy, that makes your two top running backs not being able to catch, that makes it a little bit of an easier pill to swallow. Yeah. Does OJ Howard get reps with the ones? Yeah, I, I think he does. I, I don't know how much you're going to see Cameron Bray. I honestly don't. Uh, I don't know if you'll see Braid at all, honestly. Yeah, I don't know I what his they, deal they is, might, man. They might take it cautious, um, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I think you'll see Howard. I think you'll see Howard and Gronk. I, I don't think you'll see Braid. Um, so that that obviously that'll be important for him. We we yeah. talked about we talked about his struggles on, on the show last week um, after the Titans game. He had a few drops. Even though you know some of the passes, it wasn't all 150 percent his fault. Um, but you still, when you're a first round pick, it's the type of plays you got to come up with. If you're a sixth round pick or like a fourth round pick, whatever, like fine. But when you're a top 20 pick and you're labeled as one of the most exciting college tight ends to come out, and you have all these expectations, you you have to you have to make those types of plays. Excuse me. So I, I I think you'll see Howard. I'm not saying exclusively with the ones. I, I think you're gonna see Howard for most of this game, honestly. Like I think they just want to see something. Yeah. I I think he is lacking confidence. It's a major injury he's coming off of. I think he's he's playing. I hate to use this word, but I can't really find another word. He's playing okay, I did he's playing cautious right now. It, it definitely seems like it. I mean, even at practice, after some reps, you'll see him kind of labored walking himself back over to the pile or you know whatever like he, he i can get that it's, impression it's, as well i know what head. you're talking about it's in his head and and that's he's not lazy I, i've seen that i've seen that thrown around oh he doesn't care oh he's he's this he's that no that's couldn't be further from the truth he, he's working his butt off sometimes man just he can't get over the mental part yeah just sometimes that happens and i hope he does i really hope he does because if he does that's a huge weapon 
for the for the Bucks. So I see a lot of people are talking about defense in the chat. I want to stick on the offensive side of the ball really quick before we go over to defense and talk about Jalen Darden. Um, because Bruce Arians kind of had, I think, some interesting comments and said, you know, like basically, I don't have the exact quote, but pretty much like Darden's like, you know, the kicker turn job isn't locked up and like he needs to show something to be able to earn that job. And I 100% agree. Like, you know, other than like, he's been pretty much like a normal Bucks returner. He right. Really he, he doesn't, he doesn't look much different than anybody else back there. Yeah. So, so why, why not make him prove it? So um, that's why I think they're, it, the writing is on the wall for them to keep seven wide receivers um, with Jadon Mickens being that seventh guy. And he'll be the, the kick slash punt returner to start the season until Darden shows you something. But yeah. if Darden shows you something against the Texans, who knows? I think he'll, He'll be playing a ton in the second half, but I think he'll still be your primary kicker turner and punt returner, even when the starters are out there in the first half. So just show me something, man. Yeah. Just, you know, it doesn't have to be a kicker turn for a touchdown. Just pick, get a, a 35 yard punt return, you know, yeah. get, take a, take a kick and, and go 40 yards with it. Get it to midfield, do something to make a difference. And right now he just seems like kind of a guy. It just seems like you know, just just a guy. It doesn't always seem like a difference maker on special teams, which is not what they drafted him for. Yeah. They drafted him to be that guy on special teams that they've been lacking. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to to get to that point. And what better way to do it than than tomorrow with a nice return? Right. And it's in a situation where like he's not not going to make the team, but at the same time, with this last preseason game, with the last exposure that you're going to get like this for a while, because he's not going to be nearly as featured right. outside of the preseason, you know, give them a reason to keep you around. Give them a reason to give you reps on offense in the regular season if mm -hmm. Scotty Miller is not out there or whatever the case may be. You know, give them a reason to keep you around and give these fans something that they've been looking for. A lot of people are hyped up about this pick, and I'm rooting for him as well. I'd like to see him, you know, cement his place as the kick returner for this team come week one i think it's a really good role for him and uh, we'll see what happens really quickly before we talk about the defense our buddy pete from uk in the chat says who do we see multiple players getting a shot at return i think he means like what players do we see yeah. uh, multiple guys getting back there or is it just going to be darden it seems like the constant rotation this preseason has been Jadon mickens jalen darden and scotty miller oddly enough uh, well, I, I don't he, know if you'll Keyshawn, see Scooter. Keyshawn Vaughn, and we're learning Keyshawn that he Vaughn, is, he, yeah, that but he is I, not a I don't even runner, want to so. bring up Keyshawn Vaughn because he's not going to be returning kicks in the regular season. And if he no, is, they then tried. I think <laughs> it, they tried to make it happen, but it, to no avail. Um, I, he has no business back there. And listen, I'm not as down on Keyshawn Vaughn as the other guy on this show is, um, but I just don't think he has any business being a returner. It's kind of what you drafted Darden for, and we know he has the resume for it. And even then, Mickens has a little bit of a history doing it for the team last year. But I think you'll see a good mix of guys. I do think you'll see Scooter back there because I think it's a fun concept they like to try. But I don't, I don't think, think he's he very gets, good at it either. I don't think he's that great at it. I don't think they'll see him at all in the regular season. But no. uh, just, just because everybody, I think a lot of people think, oh, you're fast, so you should do that. Like, that's not the whole thing. There's a right? difference between like Deshaun Jackson fast and Antonio Brown in his prime fast. Even well, even though I still think they should have Antonio Brown turn a punt every now and then. Yeah, he's, able, nice, he's, right? he's shown to be able to do it. So, um, remember when uh, he kicked know, that guy in the face on yeah, a return? The, that the, was the, great. The Browns, the Browns kicker, ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know good. if he like went for the hurdle and came up short, but dude, he just fucking bam right in that guy's uh, face mask. That was hilarious. Um. Yeah. So, 
I if I had a bet, I would say Jadon uh, Mickens is probably your week one returner. But I, I think they're going to give Darden a shot every now and then. He's like, Mickens has proven he's just kind of a guy. He's a safe guy, you know. Um, he's not really going to – He's not going to like fumble the ball away or, or, or cost you there, but he's also not going to give you a return that really changes things. Was it Jadon um, Mickens that, and I know this is week one of over a year ago, but 2020 week one against the saints. Was it Jadon Mickens that muffed that, uh, that punt return? Uh, Do you remember when the guy slid in and they got it? Yeah. Uh, that was, well, Jadon Mickens and, and Mike Edwards, I think collided. That was Mike Edwards fault. Oh, Mike okay. Edwards is, it was like, if you remember Mike Edwards was like running and he had like his head up, he, he was almost like trying to he was catch tracking like the a, ball. You're trying to catch like a fly ball that was over his head, you know, like in baseball, he was running like this Yeah. and he doesn't even look. So like he runs right into Jadon Mickens. <laughs> that wasn't Mickens fault. Um, so, you know, I, and that's week we'll, one with we'll no preseason. Happens. So, I mean, yeah. just a just a nice reminder of how far we've come, right? Right. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. But like I said, back to – everybody thinks if you're fast, like, oh, you get to be a kicker turner. Devin Hester wasn't, like, the fastest player in the league, but he was just good at it. Like, you just – you got to get it, right? Scotty Miller doesn't really get it. Jalen Mickens gets it to a certain extent. But he's not, like, an elite He's just not a shifty. I, I don't even think he's a good returner. I think he's an average – you know, he's an average part returner. Um, that's not what the Bucks are looking for. If that and I, that, that's clear because they wouldn't have traded up and drafted a guy like Jane Darden. If, if they if they if they were looking for just average there, they wouldn't have even done that. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'm rooting for Darden. I, you know, I like Mickens too, but um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think Darden will get plenty of shots. I'm just not sure at this point if he's going to be able to do enough to make make up for some of the struggles he's had. TB12 Goatman in the chat says you got to be a little crazy to be a punt returner, referring to Antonio Brown just kicking the shit out of that guy uh, on that one punt return. G Vegas said if we need a hurdler for a returner, let's try out Ross Cockrell's sister. Um, Jacko Bluntly with a great idea says bring back Michael Spurlock, huh? How about that? Um, not not even a not even a top ten exciting play in both this year. Oh, shut the hell up! This guy hates kickoff returns for touchdowns. I think that's a top five. I, know, I never, play. I never see him. So I matter. think that's a top five play in Bucks I, history, I, especially I, when I, Michael Spurlock broke the curse. Man, that I, stadium went wild. I cover the Bucks, so I'd never see it. So I don't know what that feels like. One last thing I'll say about being a returner is like it. It's weird because to be, you know, to be built for the position and to do it the best that you can do it. Your ball carrying vision has to be higher than the average running back. And I would say your speed, you have to be quick, but it's all about like acceleration, right? Like mm-hmm. you got to kind of be able to make your cuts quick, direct traffic. Yeah, you got to be able to make a, make a decision on what you exactly. want to do. That's why, that's why the ball carrier vision just comes in so clutch. And that's the, that's the term that I use because that's what Madden classifies it as. But you know exactly what I'm saying, right? Like mm-hmm. picking, your, picking your blocks, picking where to go, directing traffic. And just finding holes that not everybody else sees. But, um, you know, hopefully that's what Jalen Darden can do if he goes out there and it makes a scene in this last preseason game, which is the hope. But let's talk about the defense. We've talked a lot about the offense. We covered special teams, even returners. Actually, we got some more special teams we'll talk about later. But let's talk about the defense while we talk about the starters. Is Joe Tryon going to be out there with the ones? I mean, I know I know a lot of people are like getting annoyed 
with the hype from this kid because it's are like, they? man, he really hasn't played anybody. But who are these these people? I have not seen them. Even throughout camp. Oh, oh, dude, I've seen it. There are some people who are like, you guys really? are overreacting. It's uh, preseason. He hasn't played anybody you know yet. What? Th- those people are lame. So just, just <laughs> let let them be lame. Let let them be lame. Oh, uh, man. But is Joe Tryon going to get some snaps with the ones? I, I will say that I believe he does. Um, You know, we've heard all about these fun looks that they bring out at practice where, like, him and Shaq Barrett load up on one side or – you know, we talked even before you can kick JPP inside and have Tryon as your primary outside guy with Shaq on the other side or rotating in and out when one of those guys might need to break. Just all the different looks and the possibilities on defense. You got to believe he's going to get a healthy amount of work in the first half. And if that is the case, the question then becomes, is he going to be running with the twos and threes or is he going to get his work with the one and, and kind of be done for the night? I don't know if he's going to be get a healthy amount with the first team because that would require a lot of third downs and like third right, long obvious right. passing situations. Because you're not going to have JV exclu- exclusively, um, you know, inside. And maybe that's maybe he doesn't at all because maybe that's something that maybe Joe Tryon subs in. Uh, Joe Tryon, sorry, Joe Tryon Shoinka, uh subs in for like a JVP or Shaq Barrett. Maybe he subs in, but maybe Todd Bowles doesn't want to give off that that GPP inside or Shaq Barrett inside look right now. Maybe right. he doesn't want to give that away in the preseason. Um, yeah, you got to so, remember it's going to be pretty vanilla even on offense. Yeah, so like you know that's that that's something that I, I think you, you have to think about that maybe instead of them doing that with with Tryon Shoinka on the outside and GPP inside, maybe it's just as simple as he's subbing in for GPP. GPP's not in one play, and he is. Right. I think that's what you can see. I do think he'll get some some starts with the ones. Um, I think you will see him with the twos also. I think by the fourth quarter, so he'll probably be done. I would guess he plays some in the first half, and then he plays pretty much the entire third quarter, and then he's probably done. Um, but it, it'll be it, it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what what happens because. I know it's preseason. Like, we get it, right? I literally just said, what, 20 minutes ago that, like, the Titans game, I didn't care about the Titans game because it didn't really – it doesn't matter, right? We've said preseason doesn't matter. But some of the things that this guy is showing off are things that he's never showed before, um, not even on college tape. Because if he did show it on college tape, he wouldn't have been there at 32. Oh, for sure. Um, So that's the exciting part. And, and I think – Fans just want to see more than that, and um, it, it'll be it'll be exciting to see. An exciting young pass rusher is almost to me like as good as like a not not necessarily as like a, exciting as a quarterback probably, but like a, a young wide receiver like a Mike Evan rookie year when right. he's catching all the touchdowns and stuff. Like I think you know fans want to see like the, oh the rookie pass rusher oh he's getting around getting the sack you know sacks are sacks are pretty right. Um, strip sacks and everything like that. My my bull prediction is still the same. So when it happens, Joe Tryon will get an interception this year. That's going to happen. That that is my bull prediction that he's going to get an interception. Um, so I'm I'm very excited to see what Joe Tryon, Shoinka, GTS, whatever you want to call him, Joe, Joe Mama, whatever, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I'm very excited to see how he keeps progressing and just you know, obviously he, he will slow down eventually because he's not going to see as many snaps in the regular season. 
you know, he's not going to be playing exclusively every single down in a regular season. But right now, it's it's very fun. Hey, and exciting G Vegas says he hasn't been this excited for a rookie pass rusher since your boy Noah Spence. And even then, Spence expectations were kind of low. Well, for some, well, huh? for some people, speak huh? for yourself. Another thing <laughs> as well. Expectations were low. Speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> Our buddy uh, Pete brings up a great point. Todd Bowles had actually said that JTS isn't going to get a lot of work against run-heavy teams, but he should be mm-hmm. seen a lot against passing teams. Yes. And that's kind of the situations that we had brought up way back when he was drafted, right? He's a third down, passing down, extra pass rusher that you can rotate in and out. Now, the hype comes in where, God, I don't remember what show it was. It was maybe like a month and a half ago, but we talked about no, I think it was early on in camp, but like, what's the over under for Joe Tryon sacks this year, right? Mm-hmm. I think we put the number at five and a lot of people are comfortable with the over. Um, over time, that particular take, even the hype behind that has grown. I've seen the number become, he might, gotta be, go he, up. he might get more than six. He might get more than seven. A lot of people think he's going to get over 10, which I think is pretty Dude, generous. Yeah. But that just kind of explains, I think the hype behind this guy. And for the people who say that they have not, seen the naysayers you're just not spending enough time on twitter and i guess maybe that means i'm spending too much time on twitter but they're those they're lame they are lame the, let them be miserable in a dark dungeon somewhere else um <laughs> so yeah i it's gotta it's gotta go up if it was at five oh you probably said at what six and a half i sure. would say yeah six and a half I am comfortable. I, I think the I'll, high end is like eight. What are the, are the over under or what he's actually going to get? Well, just what he's actually going to get. I think yeah. his ceiling I, I, is here. will probably think, be like yeah. eight or nine. I don't think he breaks I, 10. Yeah. I think eight's probably enough. I don't think he's, he's not going to get double digits because he's not going to play enough. Exactly. I um, think JPP probably gets double digits. He'll get 11 or 12. And then hopefully sack gets a little bit or uh sack Shaq gets a little bit more since he is a $17 million contract man now. I, I I think, yeah, I think you're going to see Jason Beer Paul around eight or nine, and I think you'll see it with Shaq Bear around thirteen, fourteen. Um, so yeah, but I, I just I don't think I don't think Trials going to play enough to to get uh, double digits, but I think I, I'm going to say seven. I'm going to say he probably gets seven. Um, I'm going to say he probably gets seven sacks. I think maybe a strip sack in there. Um, and then, like I said, my bold prediction is an interception. So right yeah. now, if I had to set the over-under, I would say it's six, it's six and a half. I think that's fair. I think that makes people think because if you're going over, that means that it's got to be seven or higher. And, I mean, for a rookie, that's for a rookie that's not going to be an exclusive starter, that's pretty darn good. So Yeah, I, I think so. You know, we talk about the fact that he's going to be used in moderation, and even then, a rookie pass rusher putting up I mean, dude, if he's a full-time featured starter and he's a rookie pass rusher, outside linebacker, and he puts up eight or nine sacks, it probably won't be, you know, as high as expectations were. But for a rookie year, I'll take it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if he's a full-time starter out there, eight, nine sacks, I'll take it. That's fine. He's a rookie. He's only going to get better. But with the limited amount of time that he has, the fact that his ceiling just seems to be raising the more you talk to people, Regular season is going to be pretty telling, but I'd love to see what happens out there when and, he's getting reps with the ones this weekend. And, you know, obviously the season hasn't even started yet, so we have plenty, uh, plenty of time to talk about this. But Jason Pierre Paul's a free agent next year uh, or after this season. So it could be, depending on what 
Jason Pierre-Paul wants to do, whether does he want to return to Tampa? Because if he wants to return to Tampa, it probably won't be at his cap hit now, which is, uh, what, 11, I think, or something? Um, 11 or 13. Yeah, it's something like that. Um, it won't be at that number if, if he's coming back. I just I don't – it can't be. Um, not if they want to keep guys like Carlson Davis, like the really important guys on this team, and then eventually, you know, keep guys like – uh, Vita Vea and Devin White when their contracts come up. Uh, so I, I don't think Jason Pierre Paul is not going to get the same number. Um, his cap hit is 12.8. So yeah, that, that won't be, there will not be, will not be that. Um, so if he's asking, if he's asking for a little bit much, I, the Bucks will have no problem letting him go if Tryon really shows out. This is what's going to happen is they'll just be like, okay, we have a younger, cheaper, a healthier option who was just as productive or sometimes more productive than you were. If P, if, if Trey, if Trey has the rookie season that everybody thinks he can have, yeah. you know, to that that's where you got to start to think about that. And, um, you know, the future, you know, he was <laughs> trying on was basically drafted to be, the heir apparent to Jason Pierre Paul. Now, does Pierre Paul stick around for another year or does he walk? I think Tryon's production will really determine that. If Tryon goes out and has two sacks and he's playing a lot and he just doesn't really look like, you know, like starting tackles are really picking him up pretty easily and he's not really making much impact, that I think gives the Bucks more incentive to re sign Jason Pierre Paul or to go out and free and see it and sign somebody else because, like, you can't count on Joe Tryon, but if he goes out seven, eight sacks in a limited role, you're thinking, okay, if you put him in a full-time role, is this guy just going to get double-digit sacks immediately? Yeah. Who knows? So I think that is a big determination and something that not a lot of people are talking about right now because we haven't even started a regular season, right? <laughs> Why talk about free agency? So yeah. just something to keep in the back of your mind as you guys watch Joe Tryon this year. Absolutely. So We've pretty much covered the starters. I think defensive expectations are pretty self-explanatory. Just don't get embarrassed. Everybody go out there, do your job. Tackle, damn it, tackle. Uh, if there's one thing we need to see from the uh, from the starters, for sure is tackling. Um, we have seen plenty of bad tackling on display uh, throughout the preseason, these first two games. So if your starters go out there and put on a clinic, that's all. That's and and all yet expect. again, I don't, I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to play. Like, I don't think he is. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know for short for certain, but I don't think he is. Um, it, what what is this Texans offense? Like, right. Like, yeah. it, it's not like the, this te- like it's the same thing like on the Texans defense. But I mean, the Texans defense got Lovey Smith calling the plays. I, I mean, you know, uh, Bucks, Bucks legend Lovey Smith. Yeah. So I mean, right yeah. now, you know, I just I looked it up. You know, they're the Texans starter. You know, technically Deshaun Watson, but in his preseason has been Tyrod Taylor. Um, so I mean, Taylor's a, a guy I obviously you know um, I, I like, but <laughs> you should be able to have success against Tyrod Taylor. Uh, so especially when the Texans' offensive line is still not great and, and their weapons aren't anything to, to write home about, it's just not good, right? So defensively, you should. I'm not saying it has to be domination, but you shouldn't have much trouble. One guy in particular that I want to ask you about, our buddy G Vegas brings it up. Jamel Dean needs to show some progress. I know we talked a little bit about him last week, but 
what are your expectations for him? How much work is he going to get with the starters? Are we going to see him in the second half? Or is he going to kind of get most of his work in the first? Um, and what kind of expectations do you have for him? Because we know that this just hasn't been the best start. Yeah, I don't know if he has to show progress. I just think it was telling – I think it was telling that he was out there with the the third stringers or whatever. Yeah. That was telling. We don't know if Ruggiero is telling the truth or, oh, they were playing some t- heavy tight end sets. And, but, I mean, yeah, he hasn't had the best camp out of uh, Bucks corners. Uh, Carlton Davis and Sean, Mur- Sean Murphy Bunting have both been better. But, you know, I still think he, – well, he's my breakout player, so I got to sort of defend him here. Um, yeah, our breakout players are not off to great starts this year, yeah, huh? OJ o- o- Howard and Jamel Dean. <laughs> Huh. Both guys we, that might not even that might be benched by week eight. Here so. we are, two weeks later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, that just shows. Yeah, oh, man. Well, <laughs> I, I like I said, I picked Noah Spence probably like three years running, so that never worked out. Um, I think you picked OJ Howard like the last. Uh, dude, I've, OJ Howard's been my breakout player. I think four out of the five years that we've done it. <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to see. I I want to see Dean. The tough thing is I don't know how much you're going to play him in nickel. Um, so we'll see what what happens there because he's mostly going to be outside. And this box uh, defense is probably going to be a nickel most of the time during the yeah, regular season. I, yeah, I mean especially, and I mean I'm talking about particularly in this game. I mean, right? The Texans even their running game isn't nothing spectacular. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, don't they Dean. still have your number one overall fantasy pick from a few years ago? David Johnson. Yeah, isn't he still in a Texans uniform? I think he is. And Laramie Tunsil still on that offensive line. Somebody else brought that up. Yeah, I mean, other than that, like, there ain't nothing there. Like that—that's one guy. That's that doesn't matter. I'll never um, forget that year that you drafted David Johnson. And who I didn't? Know, I know you won't either. I'm are you sure, but who did? I mean, okay, I it, it's it's that's a nice beard you grew back. Well, why'd you have to shave it in the first place? Oh, let's not do this. Okay. By the way, okay. shout out to everybody who registered for the fantasy football league this year. Uh, we opened up registration for the CFP league and we were able to get it filled up. Um, if you are in the chat right now and you're in the fantasy league, let us know, man. We're gonna have some info on the draft soon, and uh, maybe we'll do a little live stream of it as well. But uh, yeah, shout out and good luck to everybody who signed up this year. Excited yeah. to get that going. Yeah, and uh, Tony Saylor says, big ups to anyone who has watched all four quarters of each preseason game. I have to. So, Thanks, Tony. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 had, I, I have to. So I, I do, unfortunately. The Bengals game wasn't too bad. And honestly, like, the Titans game was a little bit boring, but. That home stretch was wa- just depressing. I don't watching it though. I feel like what live was probably a little bit worse yeah. watching it on TV. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Maybe I just had such low expectations. I was like, this is going to suck. Like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> and like, I, I, I have to watch this. Um, and maybe I just had way too low of expectations, but I can't wait for it. I was like, okay, that wasn't as bad of a watch as I thought it was. So uh, maybe it's just you. Nah, it it was be, bad. It I was be. there in person, and even though I was drunk for the first half, it was it was bad. Buck's biggest weaknesses going into the season are secondary and offensive play calling. I don't really have an issue. I I, I guess a lot of people like to like always criticize the play caller. Um, every time I see a first down run the middle for two yards, I chug. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, look, it's you know I, I don't. 
do fans want to see just pat just Tom Brady throw 60, 60 balls every time? Yes. I, I don't. Yes. Okay. They well, do. Then then his arm will fall off by week eleven. So. Right, but not everybody um, understands that. <laughs> I mean, uh, Tony. I'm sure. I'm sure Tony does. But, yeah, Tony's a smart. You guy. know, uh, you know, it's it's just not that simple. And I understand, like, you know, the the runs on first down and stuff. But not every pass, at, you know. Not every first down can be a pass. It, it can't be. So you got to break it up somehow. It's just the run scheme is just not good enough. That's uh, that's really what it is. Um, uh, Jacko bluntly says uh, we need to draft a playmaking safety. I mean, well, they just they did two years ago, Anton Winfield. So I mean, they have Mike Edwards there. So those are two playmakers. So, um, so uh, yeah, he is not a creative play caller at all. I I don't get the left butch hate, man. I I really don't. Well, I think for a lot of people, a comment like, I don't know where you guys are getting all this nonsense that we're going to use motion this year. When your offensive coordinator says something like that, after statistically being a better football team playing motion the year before, a lot of the people who dislike him are going to dislike him even further. Sure, but what you say is different than what you actually do. Yeah, and that's very true. But Uh, I feel like a lot of people like to listen to press conferences and, and put all their eggs in one basket, which this coaching staff has proved can be a mistake because like, uh, they do not uh, always tell the truth. Sure. I just, I feel like Byron left, which like he gets way too much criticism. Like, I will way. also agree to that point. Yeah. Like you would think he is like, you want to see some bad offensive play callers. There are some worse offensive play callers in the NFL right now. There are, you know, there's a reason Byron left, which is going to be a head coach within probably the next three or four years. Like it's going to happen. Whether it's in Tampa or not, who knows? But it's going to happen. Um, do we believe that Leftwich is calling the plays then not BA? Oh, Leftwich is 100% calling the plays. Bruce Arians is not. That was part of the agreement that Bruce Arians made with the Glazers. He said, when I come back, I'm not calling the plays. So, um, you know, I just, he, he gets way, Leftwich gets way too much hate. And, like, yeah, I understand that a lot of it was, was Tom Brady last year. But people think, what do you think? Leftwich just sat there and just said, hey, Tom, do whatever. No, Leftwich was involved in it, too. So he's not getting really any credit, I don't think. I think all the credit's really going to, to Brady and Arians, which rightfully so, you know, it should be to a certain extent. But I just I think Leftwich is being really left out because he's sort of the – he's kind of like the, the pinata. Uh, Byron is not ready to be a is not ready to be a head coach, which is exactly why I said three to four years. So. Yeah, he's definitely not going to be a head coach anytime. Uh, well, may, maybe 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 next year. I mean, if if they if they win the Super Bowl again, I think Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich might be gone. So, um, you know, it, we'll, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see. I will uh, agree. I do think that Byron is an easy target. Um, like you said, you compared him to like the pinata, right? I, I will agree is, is as far as this coaching staff goes, you know, we haven't seen as yeah, much uneasiness out of Todd Bowles. You know, uh, people don't really yeah. critique him nearly oh, as much. He can do Todd Bowles can do no wrong. Right. Yeah. But, but I mean, but he's also had mistakes. Look at that first Kansas city game. Right. Yeah. Look at, look at the, look at the new Orleans game in Tampa. Those were those were defensive malpractices. Okay, <laughs> they, they they literally were, but nobody talks about it because you know Todd Bowles is a fantastic defensive coordinator, but nobody talks about it because he's like the golden boy and Byron Left, which is the is the the whipping boy essentially. I want to get your thoughts on another rookie, number two, Kyle Trask, University of Florida Buccaneers second round pick. 
Speaking how much playing time? Boys. Huh? Speaking of whipping boys. Uh, how much <laughs> playing time is Kyle Trask going to get? Because I can tell you one thing. Uh, in the second half, he deserves probably most of it. As far as Blaine Gabbert goes, I think we, we know what to expect with Blaine. He had a really good game last week, except for the drops. Um, you know, Kyle Trask put up another stat line where the box score can be a little deceptive, but we still have a lot we need to see from him. And Ryan Griffin, we've been saying it for weeks. Uh, this might be his final game in a Buccaneers uniform. So, like, uh, possibly yeah. it, it's one of those things. Like, how do you think this quarterback rotation in the second half is going to shake out? Do we see Blaine Gabbert at all? Or do we see, you know, in my opinion, I think it's Blaine Gabbert gets a series. Kyle yeah. Trask gets the majority. And I think Ryan Griffin is your closer with, you know, five or four minutes left. Like, I, I don't think Ryan Griffin really is going to get that much work in this game. If it was my way, I, I would probably wouldn't play Griffin at all, to be honest. I just, I've seen what you need to see. He's, he's a veteran. You know what you have with him. Um, you know what you're going to do with him by this point, too. Um, it's tough. It, it all depends on how much you want to play Gabbert. It, it really does. Right. Um, it, it all depends on how much you want to play Blaine Gabbert. Because if you're not worried about Blaine Gabbert, then Kyle Trask can play the whole second half. Like, that's fine. But if you want Blaine Gabbert, I, I would agree. I think Gabbert's definitely going to show up. Um, get, a, get a series or two, um, depending on how that first series goes. It, a lot of it, you know, people don't realize, a lot of it's performance-based. You know, yeah. if the first series is a three and out, you're more, you know, more likely to get a second series, which is why Bruce Arians basically said, yeah, the stars are playing in the first half. You know, if they do what they need to do, they won't have to show up in the second half. But if, if I don't, if I don't like what I see, they're, they're playing o o the opening drive of the second half, the starters are out there, you know, to try and prove to them like, yeah, like this, you know, you got, you got to play better. So it all depends on how much they want to play Gabbard. I personally would probably plan for about a series and then just let Trask run with it the rest of the game. I, I wouldn't play Griffin at all. But out of respect for Griffin, they might let him sort of close it out. Yeah. It's a sad day. Uh, he is um, he is the longest tenured Bucks quarterback in like franchise history. So he is. He is. We've made that a point. I gotta tell you, uh, a guy that we have mentioned on the show before and somebody that I always think about when we talk about Ryan Griffin was the Instagram fan page Griffin Greatness. I have no idea what he's gonna do. Um, because he is a Bucks fan. But he is a Ryan Griffin fan, so I'm curious to see what that transition looks like. Well, I, I mean, the, 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 let's just preface this. I don't believe Ryan Griffin is going anywhere. You think he uh, ends up on the practice squad, and that's yeah, that. he's going. He's going to be on the practice squad, so he's just going to be cut. And I don't know if we'll get picked up, but um, yeah, he's going to be on the practice squad, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So, since we talked to you guys the last time. Um, we were, I think, a couple of days removed from the news about Tennessee head coach Mike Vrabel. Yeah, and, yeah we, have uh, not, we have not talked about this yet. We really have not. It's important to note that the Tennessee Titans, I believe, have like 10 total players and staff members on the COVID reserve list. The only absence the Bucks have had was Ryan Suckup, who tested positive and will miss this week's game. Bruce Arians confirmed that uh, he went to dinner with some Titans players, I believe either after the game or the day after or something, mm -hmm. but he was the only positive test the Bucks had this week. So firstly, uh, right. 
We see how For quickly yeah. we see how quickly Tennessee is falling apart, and I think the Buccaneers are officially out of the threshold of uncertainty when it comes to. I'm yeah. I'm gonna wait for for tonight. If there's no news tonight, I'm good. Yeah, if but there, there's no, especially with you know with Tom Brady being close to Mike Vrabel and Bruce Arians being close to Mike Vrabel and Ryan Suckup being at dinner with the Titans players and Ryan Suckup being around the Bucks. You know, it's. Yeah. It's very. He wasn't. You know, he wasn't practiced. I believe yeah. the and, uh, and and apparently the the Titans players though that were with Ryan Suckup have not tested positive. Yeah, um, yeah, that's also is, what I heard. Which is interesting. So, um, I, I real quick, what are the the Titans doing? Like, <laughs> what what are they? No, seriously, they they were the team that had to get everything rescheduled yeah, last year. They were they were that team last year, and they're and now but before the season start before the season even starts, they have ten. Like, what is going on? What do you maybe doing? it's that mountain air, man? It just spreads maybe. differently. I don't know. Um, so basically, uh, I I believe Ryan Sucker was vaccinated, so there's there's a positive sign there. Yes, he was. I think they um, did say that he is. So there's different protocols. I I don't remember the protocols. I'll get I'll catch up on them before the regular season. Um, I I don't I don't think the Bucks really needed Ryan Suckup to play in this game anyway. So now that he's not, it's Jose Borregales time, baby. Breathe a sigh of relief on the COVID thing and let's go to Jose Borregales, who we talked about, right? We talked about a little bit and. Is he going to be picked up by another team? I was on Mr. Bucks Nation. Uh, is he going to be traded? Is he going to be just flat out cut? Are they going to keep two kickers? They won't. Um, but Borgales has looked very good in practice, and Bruce Arians has said he wants to get an in-game action. I'm curious. How much in-game action are you going to get him? Is it more in your benefit on a fourth and three where your options are to go for it, to attempt the 48-yard field goal with Jose Borregales, or to attempt the 48-yard field goal with Bradley Pinion. What's more <laughs> be- what, what, what is more beneficial to you? Yeah. I mean, we did see Bradley Pinion come in, and I'm sure that that's literally an emergency-only basis um, because we actually saw this, this specialist group almost get torn apart last year due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, hopefully they don't find themselves in that situation again this year, but that's a funny thought, but I, I got to believe that if you're Jose Borgales, like he's, he's going to get more work than Bradley Pinion. No, the 61 yarder that you put Bradley on did not go good. It probably wouldn't have been good from 35 yards. So like it, it's Borgales time, baby. But Let him right. rip. You, you can't. It's a Florida kicker. You, you can't. Why? If you do, and he nails a 50 yarder, that gives another team more incentive to pick him up. Yeah. If you hide, if you hide him, and don't have him kick a single thing, <laughs> w- w- what is what is the team going to base it on? That practice right. there's kicks. Nothing, there's nothing to go off of. Just some camp stuff. But but if but everybody if makes see, kicks in camp. Yeah, but you know, but 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 if you see oh, if you, if you see oh, he just kicked a sixty yarder. Oh, and the Bucks cut him. Okay, yeah, we're going to pick him up. Get him for but peanuts. It, you know, in in an actual game, that's. I, how much are they going to showcase him? Are you going to show, you know, it might be more beneficial to the Bucks to just either go for it or let Bradley Pinion kick it. It honestly might be. It, it honestly, I think Borgales will get some kicks if it's like an extra point. Yeah. Or like a no, really, I think he does. I think or he's like a really a primary guy, you know, or like a really short field goal. But if, 
if he goes out there and nails a 48 yard field goal and then nails a 45 yard field goal, how is that benefiting you in a game that doesn't count? You're just going to risk it. You know, you're going to have a higher risk of losing a guy that you might want to keep. So uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, so let's see, hide Jose and let Brad kick Jose to IR. You, you, you can't do that. Um, he is not injured. So that is, you will get fined. You will get, yeah, that's, that is very frowned upon. <laughs> that's illegal. You cannot, yeah. You, that, that'll be a potential losses <laughs> of draft picks. Maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he won't, you know, so we'll have to see. Uh, yeah. But he's not going to clear waivers if, um, you know, if, if, if he goes out there and, and really shines. So I think if the Bucks truly want to keep him, the best thing is to just don't send him out there. Yeah. Just don't. don't I, let him I definitely like the idea, and it's a viewpoint that I haven't really thought of until now. Because you know, as the hype with any new player, you just want to see what this kid is capable of. And I would now, love real, nothing real, real more quick. than that to see him mean, from the logo just nail it. That doesn't mean some team won't pick him up, even if they don't let him kick. That doesn't mean that, right? Well, I'm right. not saying that. It just hires but, your chances that he's gone right. quicker. Because a team that is looking at in-game action will be more likely to be like, okay, let's take a chance on him. Right. Rather than if they, they're like, oh, he's only kicked in practice. Like, we don't know if this guy can actually do it because he hasn't done it yet. So yeah. that is where I think it could benefit the Bucks. As we start to wrap things up before we get to Evan's take bag, Tony with a great question here in the chat. How many scoring drives do the Bucks have on Lovey's cover no one defense? If the first unit has to punt on Saturday, I think Leftwich should resign. He's kidding, kind of. Uh, but that's a great question. How many touchdowns do you think these guys are going to get? Specifically the starters. I'll, I'll say it. Uh, I'll say it like that. How many touchdowns over the first uh, half is going to make these fans happy? One oh, wow. and maybe a lot of the run with, game with, with, can... with this fan base. Oh, it, that'd be like seven. So. Right. Yeah. I, I will say two. I'd like to see two touchdowns in the first yeah. half. But if you give me one touchdown and I don't know, the second quarter is just running the ball, right? Like you're, you're running back. It's over 10 carries. Um, then I'll take it. But I got to see at least one, at least one. Show me a deep ball from Brady to whoever the hell I don't care. But show me that Tom Brady can sling it still, which he can. He, he can. <laughs> but just show me, right? Just let me see it. Let um, me see it. So uh, the Bucks tied twelve. So I feel like the Bucks will start this game rusty. Hope I'm wrong. Well, it's it again. It's a preseason game, okay? Like even if they do, yes, you want it. Like this is the game you want to see them. You know, you you want to see them succeed. In. Like I get it, right? But at the same time, let let's relax, okay? Let's let's relax a little bit. And also, Rusty, I mean, yeah, they didn't play versus Tennessee, but like the joint the joint practices were, were essentially the same thing as the preseason games. So they and they played in those. And the starters so and the starters, you know, between the two days, I know the first one wasn't nearly as good, but the starters looked good at the joint practices. They still played. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a game essentially. So, um I was going to say I need 17 at least 17 points out of the, the starters. Two touchdowns and at least a field goal. Yeah, that, that's what I need. At least 17. Like, I like it. And to say, yes, this is the Texans, but this is also the NFL. If they punt, it's not the end of the world. Like, I, I think fans are just expecting this massacre. And, it, <laughs> like, chill out, okay? If, if the Bucks score two touchdowns and a field goal, but they punt one time, are you going to be freaking out over that punt? Like, come on. Yeah. And also, a lot of it is determined on, on the defense. What if the Texans take up all the clock? 
just like seriously, what if the Texans take up all the clock and the Bucks are only able to get one touchdown and a field goal? <laughs> you know, are you gonna freak out? Yeah, well, first uh, off, I'm gonna call Houston a bunch of dicks because that's not how you play preseason football. But um, well, how how is it not? What if it just happens to be that way? All, I know. The, I'm just kidding. I just I picture in mind to... Houston purposely taking up chunks of clock. The time the, of possession the... split is you know 25 minutes to five minutes. The, the the Bucks started slow all all last year. I want them to come out swinging. Well, there was no preseason true. or just, training camp well, last year. Well, that's also not true. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. That's that's not true. They scored the opening touchdown versus the Saints. They scored the opening touchdown versus the Panthers. Those are the first two games. They scored the opening touchdown versus the Broncos, Chargers, Bears. Uh, so I I mean they, the first five weeks of the season they scored the first touchdown of the game. So that's not true. Um, they 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 didn't really have a problem starting fast. Um, so but also there was no preseason, there was no camp. So if we're going to sure. talk about them looking slow, it's because they didn't nearly have but they the didn't. hundreds of reps that they have been getting over these last few months. But they didn't look slow. But so. they didn't look slow. And, and I mean, who the hell cares? They put <laughs> yeah, a like, ring, I, they put a ring I, on that season anyway. So like, yeah, yeah, like it, that that season's done. Whatever, that's a championship season. Whatever, like we're moving on. It, last year does not matter. And if the Buccaneers think last season matters, then this year they ain't getting close to the Super Bowl. If they if they still think last year matters, it doesn't, right? And I'm sure that's what the coaches have told them. Last year, what you did last year does not matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. Everybody's everybody is going to be zero and zero on September 9th. Everybody is, and everybody's going to have the target on your back. So it it doesn't it doesn't matter what happened last year. It's a completely different year. There's going to be completely different scenarios, complete different problems, complete different uh, areas of strength. It's it's a new year. There it is. Every single week here on the show, we wrap things up with our newest segment. It is Evan's Take Bag. Do you have one this week? I have two things, and it's uh, um, there we go. Take, take, take. Uh, it's uh, sort of not necessarily. I don't know. Maybe I am taking digs at the fan base, <laughs> but I I kind of feel like th- this fan. It's something I've been thinking about. I think the Bucks' eight-game win streak last year was great, right? Like, obviously fantastic. But I also think it was kind of a curse because what happened was obviously the playoffs, you need to win four straight. What, like, I get that. That's all fine and dandy. But the four straight before that and just the way they did it, they didn't have much trouble. Fans are feeling like when I talk to fans about the season and just even, like, seeing the reactions of the preseason, they start to feel, like, invincible. Like nothing can go wrong. No one can beat the Bucks, and that is, you can't go into the season with that expectation. Well, that's like, why our season predictions were ripped to shreds. Because yeah, exactly. <laughs> People are like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" Like, yeah, I picked them to go thirteen and four. Like, <laughs> if if they if they win thirteen games, it'll be the most wins in franchise history in a single season. Yeah, like, and that's a bad year according to a lot yeah, of people. Like, come on, like that's why I I think I think like the eight game win streak, like. They haven't had a loss in like what a, a, a not necessarily two hundred and seventy something days. Yeah. So what is that like nine months or something? Yeah. But they haven't had a loss. I mean that that sort of has fans, I think, feeling like nothing is nothing is going to stop them. I will tell and you that the confidence every, every, factor every game every game is going to be a blowout and like I understand having expectations like I get it, but chill the expectations a little bit they're not going to be beating everybody by 25 points here's the thing 
and I'm not defending this behavior because I feel the same way that you do. That's why I also picked them to go 13 and four this season, because we are Bucks fans who have been around the block, who have seen a thing or two and who have predicted this team to go nine and seven and they went five and 11. So I got to say that a lot of this comes from the feeling of one, a goddamn Super Bowl title, like any team that wins the Super Bowl is by default the best in the NFL. Um, but look at it this way. Do you remember in 2020 when the Bucks signed Tom Brady and then they got Rob Gronkowski and that's when everybody was like, man, like the Bucks are the team to beat. Usually in NFL history before a season starts, when you have a team where everybody says this is the team to beat, they usually suck or they lose mm-hmm. in the playoffs. The Bucks are one of the first ever teams to live up to the hype of all the expectations that were put on them in 2020 and like complete that hype like right like we always say like oh building through free agency never works but they signed time they signed their quarterback in free agency then they traded for a tight end and then they won the super bowl right so you know the expectations were here and even the people who said they were winning the super bowl last year everybody was like hey settle down it's the first Mm. year in this offense but guess the fuck what tampa bay lived up to the hype they signed everybody back they got a couple of new additions. They addressed some weak spots. So far, from what we can tell, they have absolutely nailed their first-round draft pick, which is only going to add another element to one of the best defenses in the NFL. Actually, the best defense in the NFL. I still hold firm on that take. I think they will be the best in the league this season. Number one run defense two years in a row. But any given Sunday, it's a 17-game season. And it's just football. You can't win every single one. But the fact that this team lived up to the hype and only seemed to get better, I can understand why people think they're going to win by 50 every single week. I I get it. It's also the first Mm -hmm. time in a long time that we've been able to talk shit about our team, and it feels good. Yeah, I I get it. It's just, yeah, it it feels like, you know, like you said, you made a good, like, everybody's saying, oh, Super Bowl, and everybody's like, chill out. Like, you know, know, if they don't win the Super Bowl, it's okay. And now everybody this year is saying, oh, they're going to win. No no doubt. Right, right. Yeah, you're setting yourself up. One team, there's 32 teams. One of them can win the Super Bowl. One, like it may not be you. Like you know, I think the Chiefs are going to be fantastic every single season as long as Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. That doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl every season. They're not. <laughs> it just proved that they weren't. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're, they're, you know, Patrick Mahomes has been their guy for three seasons. He has one Super Bowl. Rodgers has been in Green Bay all that time. He has one Super Bowl. One Super Bowl appearance. Drew Brees, one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl appearance. Russell Wilson, one Super Bowl, two Super Bowl appearances. It's not easy. And in the first one, he got shellacked. Well, hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. I'm thinking of Denver who got shellacked. Seattle Um, absolutely steamrolled them. I'm thinking it's the other way around. No, it was that Patriots game. His his heart got absolutely ripped out at the goal line. That was great. Yeah. Um, Malcolm Butler at the goal line. Yeah. So, anyways, one more thing. Um. Yeah, sure. Tom Brady, seven ring, seven rings, ten appearances. He's played twenty-one years, so that means he hasn't made the Super Bowl every single season. Like you know, it's it's not it's it, it's not like relax, okay. The other thing, and this is to the well, I I don't I don't consider these guys Bucks fans. Um, you know who you are if you're listening to this. Uh, anyone cheering for Jameis Winston, uh, <laughs> is not a Bucks fan was never a Bucks fan. And I, I, I do not care what people say about this take from me. 
you cannot cheer on Jameis Winston's success because cheering on Jameis Winston's success is also cheering on the New Orleans Saints' success. It, it is. It, it just is. I, I don't – no, stop. Don't do it. If you want to consider yourself a Bucks fan, fine. But, like, you can't be a Bucks fan and also be rooting for the division rivals quarterback. You can't do it. I don't care if you like them in Florida State. And if you're a Bucks fan, you can't root for this guy right now. If he went in the AFC and went to the Steelers or whatever, fine. God, I wish he did. Not man. on the Steelers. He's not on the Steelers. He is on the New Orleans Saints with the players that every Bucks fan tries to clown, right? Cameron Jordan, Michael Thomas, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, they all, Sean Payton, they all try to clown him, right? He is going to be trying to win football games for them. He's the face of Why? their franchise now. Why are you going to be cheering? him on no like like no 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 like I, i'm sorry like no here Stop. is my take and where i sit on it i agree with what you said if you are a bucks fan i don't think you should be cheering for Jameis this year uh bucks time said it in the chat Jameis winston literally went to new orleans to stick it to the bucks he was upset that they well, didn't want him as their franchise that, guy. That, that was that was part of it, I think. It was also I a good situation. I think it was a huge was, part of it, it. It was a good situation for him, though. It was I mean, a great to situation. To sit behind Drew Brees and Sean Payton, you know, that's... But here's, here's, where, here's, here's where I stand. You're allowed to be a Jameis Winston fan. You're allowed to be a Bucs fan. But when it comes to Jameis Winston playing for the Saints, it's all about where your priorities lie. Are you a bigger Bucs fan? Or are you a bigger Jameis Winston fan than you are the Bucks? That's the way that I look to, at it. To me, if if you're rooting for Jam- if you're rooting for the Bucks every Sunday, fine. But if you're also rooting for Jameis Winston to beat the the Packers or beat the the Falcons, or that's rooting for the Saints to win football games. Like that is that's what that is. Like, what, like I don't I don't understand. It's uh it's Stockholm syndrome. It, it's Stockholm syndrome from a lot of people. I think I think Bucks time also said that in that same chat message that i read earlier but crazy to me and you can like the person right i have been saying i i don't know if i've ever seen a a young quarterback work as hard as james winston i don't know if i've ever seen it right somebody care as much as james winston right a leader like james winston right for a young quarterback that you know coming in as a rookie hardest working quarterback in the league man i mean he is that's that everybody knows that um, but I don't know if I've ever seen a young quarterback work like him. I really don't know if I've ever seen it. Right. No, I agree. I don't know if I've seen it. And that's the thing about Jameis and, is that it, it, while he's here. And also he, he was a, he's a good quarterback. He's yeah. good. Like, but that doesn't mean you get the root for him when you're a Bucks fan, <laughs> you, you can't be sitting there on Sunday with a Bucks Jersey on and saying, yeah, Jameis throw it to Michael Thomas. No, no, no. What are you doing? Like, stop, stop. Yeah. Seriously, stop. You can be a fan of James Winston, the person, all you want. That is completely fine. James Winston, the football player right now, with his success, as long as he is playing for New Orleans, no, you can't do it. 
And I seen some, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to be rooting for him except when he plays the Bucks. What are you talking about? <laughs> Stop. 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 Exactly. Thank, thank you, uh, odd son. Stop it. Get some help. Just, just stop. Thank God it is the end of the show, right? Preseason, after this Saturday, the preseason is officially behind us, and the biggest season in NFL history is going to kick off with the Buccaneers taking on the Dallas Cowboys at home. It really should be a great matchup. Looking forward to tomorrow to see the starters out there. Hopefully we see them do some work against Houston and their no-cover defense. Vernon Hargrave's out there. I hope he gets just absolutely torched. I hope like Jalen Darden just rips him to shreds and catches a huge touchdown. Probably won't because I don't think he gets any reps with the ones, but it'd be cool to see, right? I would like to see Antonio Brown do it. Uh, oh, I know, yeah. Anto- I know, I know. Antonio Brown didn't play with Hargraves at all, but like I don't know, I just I would like to see. That. Played against them in 2018, actually scored a touchdown in that Monday Night Football game in Ray J. Yeah, it was a great against Grimes though most of the time at that yeah. point. But. Yeah, well, he was you know he wasn't getting paid enough to cover AB at that point. No, no, no. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the show. Thank you so much for checking out this week's edition of the Cannon Fire podcast brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. Check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news that happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram, rapidly approaching 30,000 followers. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. Thank you guys so much for checking out this week's show. Shout out to the live chat, Pete Payne in the UK, Bucks Time 12, Tony Saylor, TV 12, Goatman, G Vegas, the moderator holding it down. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We will talk to you sometime next week. I'm actually... uh, This is the last podcast I'm doing in this house. We're moving tomorrow, so hopefully my internet is set up so we can get a game review out at a decent time. But, you know, if not, we'll talk to you guys early next week. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys later. As always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.